3: Day welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast your saturday crew is here we are all together i am jason perrone of game on wisconsin the pack a day podcast along with mark eckle of packer report and paul brittle of dairyland express and cheesehead tv and game on wisconsin as well mark on the east coast as always what are we looking like over by the beach
4: uh cool uh, r- it rained all day uh It's clearing up uh but cool I'm gonna say it might touch 50 today but probably in the 40s high 40s ooh that
3: sounds that sounds uh, pro- cool that's yeah. that probably so that's cool for you but that probably sounds very enticing to our other co-host Paul brittle in the dairy state of Wisconsin
5: yeah, uh, it's brutal
3: up here, not going to lie.
5: We are in day one of a projected 11, 12-day stretch where the wind chill will not be above zero. Oh, so geez. that's where we're at. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
4: Is it snow or no snow? Uh,
5: oh Well, yeah, Thursday night or Thursday afternoon into Thursday night, we got about eight inches, too. So oh. there's that as well. That is... And with
4: those temperatures, that's not going away anytime soon, either. No,
5: not at all. We are hunkered down.
4: Oh.
3: Yeah, and that is, as they say in the business, or as a uh, former Yankees coach. Why am I blanking on their manager? Joe Girardi used to say, it's not what you want. <laughs> so, all right, Packers just oh. found out. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa!
4: What's the weather in Arizona?
3: Oh, I, I you know, we, I always skip it because I don't want to gloat. Uh, we're well, looking now, at a, It's no. sunny right now. It's in the 50s. It'll be a high of 73. We're going to be in the low seventy low to mid 70s for the next week straight. The weather's always the same every day here, so I forget that that I even need to talk about it. Because, but you know, maybe maybe it'll give somebody some warm thoughts. So that's a good point, Mark. <laughs> 73 and sunny both today and tomorrow. It was actually supposed to be a lot cooler for tomorrow for Super Bowl Sunday, so there might be some uh, patio parties going on out. Here here in the, in, in the Phoenix area. So, unfortunately the, Packers, well, unfortunately, the Packers aren't playing in the game, but that's okay. As they say, there's always next year. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, came out early on Saturday. We benefit Actually, normally we record this on Friday night, and actually it's a good thing we didn't. We're recording early on Saturday, and we found out earlier today that one of the top candidates for the Packers defensive coordinator job and a very popular name amongst Packers fans, Jim Leonard, has turned down the Packers' offer to be their next defensive coordinator. He's been through the interview process. This is obviously very, very big news. Now, I know uh, the Badgers fan and a lot of our Packers fan listeners and friends is maybe a little bit relieved or it's okay with it, but the Packers fans who are not Badgers fans are probably a little bummed out. Jim Leonard, a very popular name, been thrown around a lot. Paul, you're a Badgers fan. I am. I'm going to start with you because this is a you know which side of the coin are, are, is is going on here. I mean, you got to be okay because you're you're not losing a guy, but you're not gaining a guy on the pro level. So, from the Badgers fan perspective, what was your take on the news? <laughs> I was a little bit surprised, I guess I'd say. I mean, we've
5: seen in the last year, year or two years especially, that Jim Leonard's been a popular candidate. And for other head coaching positions in college, uh, Tom Silverstein reported that he turned down the Rams defensive coordinator role in 2018. We all know that he loves it there. There was an article in Athletic over the winter, I guess it's still winter, um, discussing how much he enjoyed being at Wisconsin, things like that. But I thought that if he was going to make the move, this made the most sense. He's from Wisconsin originally. Um, grew up here, obviously played with the Badgers. It's only a move a few hours north versus, you know, like L.A., where he's going halfway across the country, things like that. So I thought if there was going to be that move for him from Wisconsin, that this was going to be it. So I was a little surprised in that regard, but also, like I just alluded to, it's well known how much he loves being at Wisconsin. Like I said, there is that article. And he said today he's not – declining the Packers, he's choosing choosing the Badgers. So from the Packers fan in me, I, I honestly I, I did want Jim Leonard to join. But if he's not going to be a Packer, this is the this is the best alternative in my opinion as a as a Badger
3: fan. But um like I said, little surprise, but I also get it as well why he is staying. Well, so Mark, I'll get your take before I give mine because you've been around for a long time. You've seen a lot of these. These the, well, I guess the Eagles didn't really ever interview defensive coordinators. They had Jim Johnson for a long time, and, and so he. But was
4: – well, after he passed away, they went through a bunch of them. Though.
3: And so you've been you have been through it to an extent. My my you know quick fifty thousand foot thought is you're going to interview twice and then turn the job down. Was your where was your head and your heart to begin with?
4: But what was your take on the news? Exactly, and again, none of us know who's going to pan out. I mean, um, especially. I mean, it's hard to pick a head coach and know if they're going to pan out. So it's even. I think it's even harder sometimes um, hiring a coordinator. Um, I mean, he. You know, we all like. I think we all agreed that Leonard was going to was a good choice because of his success at Wisconsin on the college level. Now it's a different game in the pros, and um, but he was a guy that. I think most Packer fans, and not even the ones that live in Wisconsin, thought, okay, this would be a good hire. And I, I you know, I don't understand. I understand, all right, he does the first interview. Maybe he heard something he didn't like. Um, maybe the money wasn't enough. Whatever. Whatever the case might be, if he wants to stay in Wisconsin, that's, that's, his, that's his, you know, his prerogatives. I mean, but, but then why go through the second interview and become the guy and then turn it down? Like, what
5: maybe he maybe he didn't know at that point though. Didn't you know what? Maybe he was still weighing everything and on the fence and wanted to go through the process before deciding.
4: Maybe, I mean that's probably true. I mean it could be true, but I kind of think you know. I mean I, I've been there, not not for a defensive coordinator job, but other news. When I worked in 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 Jersey for whatever many years covering Eagles, I had other offers. Now some I did listen to. Now some I didn't get. Some I wanted and didn't get. I'm, I'll be honest. Others called, and I was like, no, I'm not moving to wherever, you know. And I thanked them and said, no, didn't even go through the interview. Um, What I interviewed for, and the money wasn't enough. It wasn't worth me picking up and moving to make the same money I was – you know, it wasn't just wasn't that – so that was that. But to take it – I don't know. To take it that far, I I, I wonder if – I, I just wonder if there was something that happened, something he heard, something – maybe. Hey could be the wife, you know. A lot of times the wife says, I don't want to leave. You know, no, I don't want to go. I want to stay in Madison.
5: There were he a has, couple uh, tweets. He has from like kids J- too, right? Yeah, he does. There was a couple tweets from Tom Oates and Jeff Patrikas of the Journal Sentinel and uh, Tom's with the State Journal where they did reference family being a big factor in the decision for him.
4: Because even though it's only a couple hours, it's still mm-hmm. a couple hours. It's different. I mean, the kids would have to – are the kids in school?
5: Yeah, I believe so.
4: You know, so you're changing schools. You're, which is something, though, that – he should be prepared. I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I think he's, what he's done now, I think, is the NFL's not going to call anymore. If he's not taking a Green Bay job, he's certainly not going to take a New York Giants job or a Philadelphia Eagles job or a Dallas Cowboys. You know, so they're not even So he, I think he is now, and that might be fine with him. If he wants to stay with, at Wisconsin for his career, which several college coaches do. That's fine, but I think he, I think he's kind of closed out in, himself as an NFL candidate now.
5: There's been a speculation that and i don't know how true this is but there's been speculation that the you know he could be the successor to paul christ the head coach we don't know what that timeline is it's not like you know christ is nearing the end of his coaching career or at least not age-wise by any means so i don't know how valid that is how true that is or what that timeline if it is any sort of accuracy to it what it would look like but that could be a factor as well he also makes i think 1.1 million at wisconsin which is Pretty good. I saw that Mike Patton was getting, I think, three million in Group right. A, but obviously he has ten year experience at the NFL level. Um and who knows, do you think that like Barry Alvarez could have pulled some strings that hey we'll give you a little
4: boost to keep you? I mean Well that happens. I again <laughs> speaking from experience, that does happen. Um mm-hmm. year boss years that you're you're talking and you know, I'm not gonna lie, I I use that a little bit. <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If someone else wants you. You go to your boss and say, "Hey, you know, I want to stay," but and they say, "All right, well, here's an extra." You know, in my case, it wasn't an extra million; it was an extra couple <laughs> thousand. But you know, but still, it's a nice little raise. Absolutely. You know? Or maybe you know, one time they gave me extra vacation. Whatever it was. I mean, um, you know, yeah. So that. But again, I looking at it, and I don't know Jim Leonard. I mean, I knew him as you know, he was a good player. I don't know him personally at all. I'm not a. I don't follow Wisconsin that closely. Um. But I just think he now has kind of shut the door. If there ever was a, you know, he wanted if, if he ever did want to go to the NFL, I think he's he's going to have a hard time now having you know even getting an interview. And again, that might be fine with him. He might, like you said, stay at Wisconsin, coordinator, take take over the the head coaching job if and when it ever opens. Um, and that would be fine. I mean, like a lot. That, I mean, there's you know we can go on it. We can do a whole show on coaches that have stayed their whole their whole careers in, in college and, you know, had NFL overtures, but said no.
3: Never crossed over. So, and then not, this wasn't college to pros, but I think about Josh McDaniels a couple of years ago when he was, he had the job with the Colts yeah. and then he backed out of that. And then you don't hear his name really mentioned much anymore for head coaching positions mm-hmm. because maybe he's decided he doesn't want to do it. He's like, okay, you know what? I've done this enough times. I don't want to be a head coach anymore. Uh, maybe the league well, he just
4: almost got the tor- Eagles job this year.
3: Well, maybe the league, or, or, or maybe the league's, you know, some of the teams in the league have finally said, look, I don't want to do this anymore because it does get leaked out. And we did hear that Jim Leonard was a front runner for the position. So as far as maybe he didn't know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's a better chance than not that you get a sense of where you are in that process. And if you're brought back for a second interview uh, that that's also a, another big indication, but like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about right now, they're all valid points. We just don't know. And the Packers are a tight lipped organization. We may or may not find out the the actual story at some point, or we may not. Was it a Jim Leonard decision? Was it a Packers decision? Are we ever going to find out if it was the Packers who said Mike Pettin? No, thanks. Or if Mike Pettin said Packers, no, thanks. Sometimes we never get, we never get clarity on that, but in terms of the of the Leonard situation, right. I'm I'm I, I'm ca- I'm kind of with you, Mark. It's like at this point, if, and especially if I, if I'm the Packers, if you know, hopefully they don't have to make another decision after they do hire their candidate that they might not look in that same direction because it's like, okay, we've been through this once before. Like you clearly want to be in college, so stay there and go flourish and you know try to bring a try to bring a natty to Madison. One other
5: thing I wanted to point out was um, Ryan Wood made this point on Twitter was job security. I mean, I've already talked about, and and it's well known, how much Leonard loves being at Wisconsin. His job security there is about as uh, secure as it gets. I mean, this defense has been one of the best things in the country. Three of his four years, they're top ten in points per game allowed, yards per game allowed. Like I said, there's speculation he could become the head coach maybe in the future versus making that leap to the bigger stage, potentially more money, but just that uncertainty of, you know, the NFL and just the turnover that happened. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that could have been another, you know, big factor in this decision for him because he's at a job that he clearly loves and he knows that, you know, he's not going anywhere from there unless he decides to.
4: I think that's a big, I, I think you hit that on the head there. Security is important. I mean, and he is, and it's not like he's, you know, he's not, you know by our standards, he's making great money. You know, if you're making over a million dollars, especially in living in Wisconsin, a million dollars goes further than it would in New York or Los Angeles, too. For sure. um, I mean, he yeah, he's doing well. So yeah, and he's going to make that million. Maybe Barry did give him a raise. Who knows? Um, He should have. You know, you're yeah. He could like you said, he he'll he'll be there for life, probably right, unless things go terribly wrong. But I can't imagine. You know, they're always going to be decent. So yeah, he could be there. He comes to Green Bay. Who knows? I mean, if the defense is terrible, if the defense takes a step back next year, and then he he wouldn't get fired after a year, but if in two years the defense is even, is, is, you know, just awful, you know, they're not getting pressure, they're not getting turnovers, they're not stopping teams. Well, guess what? Jim Leonard. Wisconsin native and hero is, doesn't matter. If the Packers are ranked twenty ninth in the league in defense. He's getting fired, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and now he has a black eye, you know, because he, and
5: and the position at Wisconsin has been filled, and who knows if he can go back exactly there? And right. now where do you go? Yeah.
4: And, and if he does, he's not going to go back. Yeah, especially if, the, if their new coordinator is keeping Wisconsin's defense among the best. they are right. not going to get rid of that guy just because Leonard's available now. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, and, and that, maybe he goes back as the secondary coach, and that's a lot less money. and and you know, you have to go back with your tail between your legs a little bit. So, yeah, a lot goes into it. There's a lot that goes into a job. Um, you know, I had one res, I, I did like him. I'm not going to, I mean, from everything I've read, and I, I read up on all the, all the presumed candidates, and actually, the I two to three I liked were the two finalists. So maybe, you know, the, the, I'm glad the Packers were thinking along the same lines I was. Um, my, my one reservation about, and Paul, you would know much more about this then I do cover, you know, following Wisconsin and the Big Ten. His defenses were very good, but most of the Big Ten is kind of run-oriented, right? Yeah, it is. Like he never, I don't. He's never seen the kind of passing offense that he, that the NFL puts out. There. I mean, the NFL has become a passing league now. Let's be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a couple teams that run well, but for the most part, you need to throw the ball to win, and you need to stop the pass to win. And yeah, I'm, no that's
5: hundred percent accurate. But I mean, you get to Justin Fields and Ohio State, they're obviously on a different level right. than the rest of the Big Ten, but yeah, most of their games, yeah. Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota, yeah, Nebraska. Right. It's about stopping the run and right. under his recruiting and tutelage, they've built a stout, you know, front seven over these years. And um as far as the secondary, their secondary is very good as well. But again, that's you know, like you said, it's mostly run. It's not like the Big Ten's putting out, you know, cool. NFL quarterbacks every year. But mm-hmm. Leonard's experience as an NFL safety, um, his his ability to help the secondary, teach the secondary, coach him up, is still held in mm-hmm. high regard. But I, you bring up a you bring up a fair point. that would be a big transition in that in that aspect.
4: And then we can transition to the guy that the Packers are probably going to hire. Mm-hmm. And Jason, I'll let you say his name since you've been you've been practicing. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Ezuro well, Evero
3: practice. with the Los Angeles Rams was also noted as a top candidate. The assumption would be now that Jim Leonard has taken himself out of the running, that Evero is probably the, the Packers' top target, top candidate. I believe Matt Lafleur has got familiarity, and he they they coached together when when he was in Los Angeles with the Rams in his brief time there. So there's some familiarity. The Rams had the number one ranked defense in 2020 by some metrics, not all. I know we've we it's the you know not the sidebar, but it's it's always been interesting to me when they when you rank defenses based on yards, especially in today's NFL. That could not be a less relevant relevant metric out of all of them. But the Rams did have a very good defense, no doubt about it. A defense that the Packers made look pretty average in the divisional round of the playoffs, which was was kind of fun for Packers fans, not so much for Rams fans. But Everell would seem to be a top candidate there. So we talked a little bit about what direction do you want when we learned that Mike Petton was going to go? Do you want to retread? Do you not? Well, it sounds like the Packers are not going to retread. They're going to bring somebody in from the outside. Mark, I think that was your preference a week ago. Do you still feel that same way?
4: Yeah, I like this guy. I mean, again, from what I know about him – you know he he also spent time in Green Bay at a low level position, but he was with the organization and apparently um, opened some. you know was well liked by the organization. Um, now Matt Lafleur wasn't there then, but but a lot of the front office people were, so they have a feel for him. Um, and then I like what I like about him is, and again you never know, but he's worked under three pretty good defensive play uh, coaches uh, Big Fangio, Wade Phillips and now Staley I mean all you know that's that's three pretty good minds on defense that I'm sure he learned a little bit from from each one and um you know i I, I think I'm, I'm looking if, if he is the guy and it sounds like he is i I applaud the choice I think this and this
3: was one that I think everett was also a guy that got some buzz before the Packers. We're interested in him. He was, you know, rumored to be on a lot of teams' radars. And so if the Packers can strike here, because remember, we also talked about this, too. When when you're a playoff team, you're not you're not getting in on the frenzy that is Black Monday, and starting to hire guys that are getting fired and, and teams that aren't making the playoffs who can start making their coaching staff changes now. They had two more weeks of football to play, and so this is you know fortunately you're getting a chance to. And I guess they also benefit from the fact wow. that Evero would not have necessarily could have been on some teams' radars, but his focus hopefully would have been on the, the Rams being in the playoffs and. And so he wasn't sitting around available for interviews all day. So the Packers may benefit here, but Paul, as far as Everett goes, you know, the Rams again, top rank defense. It's a, a voice from the outside, but the other piece of it too here is that this is really a big piece that Matt LaFleur gets to complete of making this coaching staff truly his own and no, no holdovers from the previous regime.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I, I I like the hire as well as you know I was wearing the rose colored glasses this whole time with Jim Leonard obviously but I like the addition of Evro as well he fits that mold that Lafleur has brought in here it's the young um, you know maybe don't have the experience at the position bringing in you know the retreads as the term is so I like it and he's as Mark pointed out he's coached under some uh, some impressive defensive minds especially last year with Staley and Vic Fangio and the, I think the idea is that that Vic Fangio style defense in Chicago and now in Denver is is what would come over here to Green Bay and Everett did a nice job last year with that safety group John Johnson Jordan Fuller it's a, that was an underrated duo around the NFL um, so he's coached them up well and like Mark said they've uh, he was well respected during his one year here in Green Bay but I also, as we are doing this, I, of course, have Twitter pulled up. Uh-oh. And uh, Tom Silverstein just tweeted, it's sounding like Lafleur is leaning more toward Joe Barry oh, no. than Evero as his next coordinator. So this has just been an incredibly, these are all sources, incredibly fluid situation. Because yesterday, about this time, Friday, it was Barry, Everett, and Leonard are the top three. By Friday night, it's... Evero and Leonard. This morning, Leonard pulls his name out, and now it sounds like Barry's leaped Evero, so <laughs> this it's just said no. this is really all over the place right
4: now. You know what I heard happen? Evero was. Oh no, we didn't. We, we haven't posted it again. Never mind. Evero saw the temperature in Green Bay today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, I'm leaving Los Angeles for this. <laughs> yeah, no, that could be. So I don't. I, I mean, don't. I mean, again, you never know. But there's nothing about Joe Barry that makes me feel good.
5: Yeah, I've. Um, let me – uh, so he was a D coordinator in Detroit in 07 and 08, and by DVOA during that time they ranked like 31st, 32nd, and then he was the D coordinator in Washington 15, 2015, 2016. And by DVOA, again, they were like 21st, 25th. I understand he's had time to grow. This oh. Packers defense is a talented team, so, you know, don't hang your hat on this, those stats in his previous situations oh. as the be-all, end-all. But it's certainly worth noting.
3: I'd also like to note I'd also like to note, Mark, you probably know this too, that Joe Barry was the defensive coordinator under a defensive head coach in Detroit that went 0 yes, sixteen in
5: two thousand and eight. I was. I at that I was at that final game here in Green Bay when they went 1-16, the whole crowd was chanting at like 5
2: <laughs> minutes left.
3: <laughs> all I remember, all I remember is Donald Driver made some sort of a big play in that game that that helped the Packers avoid being the one in the one in, one in 15 <laughs> and keeping the Lions uh, defeated, which then allowed them to draft Matthew Stafford in the first round of the following season and now Matthew Stafford is the Rams quarterback and joins the team that Everell currently uh, currently coaches for, but Joe Barry, so
4: that's interesting. I didn't want to, I'm telling you, I did not
3: This has really
5: been all over the place.
4: Yeah, so these guys could be wrong. I mean, obviously, whatever and again, I don't like to criticize other writers but whoever told last night that it was down there, I mean you know, it's, it's, at this point I'll wait and see what when the Packers make an announcement because, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> We'll see. That's yeah. all. I mean, but I, I again, Barry was like one of my last choices. I, I mean, I'd rather just give it to Jerry Gray.
3: <laughs> well, and there. So to that point, there too, it it seems like Matt Lafleur, and we did, we, we kind of talked about how much does he want to kind of venture out, and how much change does he want to bring about in the defense you know the defense did well and they I think they were good enough to help the team win a championship but Matt LaFleur clearly wants to see some improvement and he feels like hey Jerry Grey is a great coach but too close to the vest here and we need to bring somebody in with a fresh perspective there's some changes I want to make I mean one thing that could could be an interesting thing too is is the philosophy in house if you just think about positionally now it's worked out because the Packers found some pretty good players at inside middle linebacker but the GMs over the past two regimes, and Brian Gutekunst himself too, they just don't seem to really value the position. Maybe Matt LaFleur does, and he wants a defensive coordinator who's going to come in and try and convince Brian Gutekunst, hey, we need some resources in the middle of the field. That's where we're getting killed. Just speculating there. Uh, I, I'm just I'm just kind of throwing some darts out there as, as far as why Matt LaFleur goes with an outside hire when he's got candidates that are in-house, but much like Joe Barry, uh, Mark, Jerry Gray has also been a defensive coordinator before, and he was he was
4: okay, not great. That's what I'm saying. If you're gonna, I see again. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope hope no, I hope, you know, I, hope actually, I hope Tom's wrong, and it's not Barry. <laughs> but I hope I'm wrong if it is Barry that he's. I just don't see a plus. I don't see I don't see a plus to hiring Joe Barry. There's there's, there's nothing you can tell me right now that'll make me say, oh, well that's why. Okay, like we we had pluses for Leonard, we had pluses for Everall. Um, Jerry Gray would have been a player. Hey, listen, like you said, he knows the players. He's been here a year, played in the NFL, was a great player. Uh, the secondary last year, you can say, you know, he helped.
5: Uh, I don't think it's count. a coincidence that Savage, Alexander, right. and Amos had career years during his right.
4: first year. You know? Now you could take the other side and say he didn't do much but Jackson, you know, or, or Holman, right. but maybe they're just not that good. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I could see, Jerry, I wouldn't have been – I'm Upset with Jerry, the guy I kind of liked that didn't get much of his play, but was um, Chris Harris.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I
4: wouldn't have minded him. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Barry's just an old, old retread. That I don't, I don't know. I hope I'm, I, I really, I'm not going to be excited about Joe. Barry. Well, and he hasn't been a coordinator
3: in the last four years, four or five years. I like the I like who we talked about, and I think
5: we're all on the same page. We just like the idea of someone new and fresh coming in, like like Marky sure. alluded to. We. We kind of know who Barry is at this point. Yeah, right.
4: And if you're going to go old and reach, then just give to Jerry Gray. You know, and I don't
3: know. Well, the, Where, the, the the other thing too, Mark, I want to ask you this from me. He's
4: a four three guy too, right?
3: I think, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I mean, it's Washington. That was what four four years ago. But yeah, that's what they In were Detroit
4: running. Was 4'3", Detroit was four three. Detroit ran a four three. Washington ran a four three. And where's he coming from now?
5: He was in L.A. and he uh, he's going to go over to the Chargers with right.
3: Staley if he doesn't get this job.
4: So Well, the Rams, they were three. I guess he could go both, maybe. I don't
3: know. Well, and the other um, thing the other thing I wanted to ask you, Mark, too, is that, yeah, Tom Silverstein's getting a nugget from somebody, but sometimes stuff gets leaked out because it benefits a, an agent will leak something or uh, a team will leak something because it benefits themselves or the candidate. And then all of a sudden, Joe Barry, all of a sudden the Chargers promote Joe Barry to assistant head coach <laughs> and add assistant head coach. Onto his title, and suddenly he's like, "Nope, I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I had." And so maybe it will be Evro. I mean, that that happens, obviously, right?
4: Yes, yes. When when you see things leaked, um, everybody has an agenda. They're not leaking it because they're friends with Tom and they want to help them get a story. No, <laughs> as much as a writer might think that, that's never. And it's, that's not the case, you know. And you and and Tom's been around long enough to know that, but. Um, yeah, people are leaking things to help themselves in whatever way it is, like you said. And, you know, maybe if Barry is trying to get, you know, let the charges, scare the Chargers a little bit. Okay. Um, it's just, it's, we'll see. I guess we'll just have to wait and see now.
3: Right. Yeah, so wait and see who the, who the Packers end up bringing in. There's some candidates. You know, but this is weird. When was the last time our show had breaking news to talk about in the middle of recording? I think that might be a first. <laughs> Not often. <laughs> might be a first for this trio, but, you know, that, that'll be something to monitor, and so we'll have some more to talk about on an upcoming show. But I wanted to also kind of switch gears a little bit here and highlight a piece, Mark, that you wrote. We're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: And I'll turn it over to you to kind of introduce it and talk about it because it was very well done. And this is about Packers quarterback Jordan Love. And as we move along, each season that we move along is another season Jordan Love. A draft, a first-rounder that the Packers moved up to draft is on this roster, and the Packers have to figure out what they're going to do. They just saw their MVP future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers come off of an MVP season. And as we record this, we should find out by the end, before we lay our heads on our pillows tonight, that Aaron Rodgers is, in fact— the nfl mvp they've got a they've got a decision to make here but for those that weren't sure on jordan love and and if the packers do decide to move towards jordan love for those who again who weren't exactly sure what to think of him because we haven't seen him play mark you got some really good insight into the quarterback that is jordan love
6: credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions and now they want to help you even more with the credit karma money Spend account
4: Yeah, I talked to um, Mark Ross, who um, who I think knows more about quarterbacks than anybody I've ever talked to. He's been, and I pointed that out in the story, he's been right way more than he's been wrong on both good and bad. He's like, I'll take you back to 1999 when five quarterbacks went in the first 12 picks. And he correctly liked Donovan McNabb the best of those five. And without a doubt, McNabb was the best of those five. You know, Tim Couch. didn't do much up in Cleveland. Um, Culpepper was good, but then he got hurt. Um, the other two, I'm trying to think who they were now. Uh, the guy the Bears took, Mick, McCown, McNown, I guess it was. Um, and who was the other one? Oh, Akili Smith, who was a bust in Cincinnati. So, you know, he was right about that. I mean, I'm going way back. But since then, he, had, he told me Rodgers was better than Smith, you know, in that draft. Um, the best was when... Uh, the Cam Newton draft. He loved Cam Newton. Said, "Yeah, he'll he'll be the first pick. He he should be." And then told me that these other guys were going to go first round, but none of them were going to be any good. And that was uh, uh, locker and um ponder and just Gabber. He said, "You're all going to go, but I'm telling you right now, they're all every team that takes him is going to make a mistake. They're all going to in." He was right about it. So the guy knows basically, the guy knows quarterbacks. So I and I knew he liked Jordan Love. In last year's draft, and um, thought it was a good pick by the Packers taking him where they did. So I figured, all right, let me, let me talk to him. I mean, you know, Love was in the news because, you know, what, you know, the Packers made it clear that Rogers is their guy to not trade them, but they put all that nonsense to to rest. So you know, where does Love stand now? So I thought I'd just ask him a basic question. You know, first I asked him, if, you know, what he still thinks about Love, and he said, you know, nothing's changed. I wish I would have saw him. In preseason, just to get him, you know, to get a look, but obviously there wasn't any preseason. Uh, but he still likes them. So I asked him, if Love was in, how, how do you compare Love to the quarterbacks in this year's draft? And he thought about it for a couple seconds and said, I'd put him third. He said, um, he, he, he loves Allen from, from BYU and, um, and, of course, Trevor Lawrence. So he said, I, you know, those two are better. But he put him ahead of Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones and anybody else. So he had him third. He he had him as a as the third best quarterback and sort of. So then my next question was, so where do you think he would go if he was in this draft? And he started looking over who's picking where, and he said, maybe five, four or five. Wow. He said definitely. Well, he he thought maybe the Falcons. Would the Falcons pick four or five? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> one of those <laughs> Where the Fal- I think the Falcons are four. So he said, you know, he in in his mind, Lawrence and, and Allen are going one two. So then he said, you know, you know, maybe maybe Atlanta at four, maybe this I said, Well, definitely top ten. He said, Oh, absolutely top top ten. So that was my story. That if Love was in this year's draft he'd be a top ten pick, so maybe the Packers taking him at twenty six. Now again, this is court. this is a one man's opinion, but a man that like I said like I pointed out, knows the quarterback position as well as anybody I've ever talked to. So um that I, I, I kinda want to ease Packer fans, you know, qualms about Jordan Lovell a bit that they may have gotten a you know, they have a guy that could be you know, is the top ten pick, but then leads you to think a little and if you if you want to take it to another level, if the Carolina Panthers at number eight Call the Packers and offer the eighth pick for Jordan Love. What do you do,
3: man? The, I I've heard this draft is going to be interesting just because of the the nature of this season and the players that are in it and the cap cap potentially going down. And I think it's going to be a, a th- this is going to be a really squirrely. I've been using that word a lot. Draft season, and it, and this is this is one of those things too, Mark. I mean, I as the fan in me says thank you for writing a piece like this because we always want some sort of assurance of how a player is going to do. And there is no other better assurance than the player getting on the field and performing well. But before you have that, and we didn't get a chance to see Jordan Love take a single snap, of meaningful football for the Packers because there was no preseason. Or even getting... <laughs> I mean, nothing. There was nothing. So we just, we need something. And, you, you you know, you got sources. You got sources there. So, Paul, you read a piece Andy like this. And he put his
4: name on it. You know what? what yeah. And Mark was good with me on yeah. this because he's not. He, he now works for NFL Network. But he put his name on it. So it's not like I'm quoting. Because a lot of times during the draft, and I've done it a million times, and I'm going to do it again. You have to quote, Anonymously, because if I'm if my source is a guy that works for the Giants or the um, Jets, he can't put his name on something, even though you know what I'm saying because his team's going to fire him for giving out information. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, but Mark put his name on it, like so. It's, he's that. I think that game made it a little stronger, even.
3: Right. Yeah, no, and that's that's good. You got you got sources; they're valid. And this is the kind of thing where it's like it's not Jordan Love getting on the field and taking a snap, but it is. A pretty good sample size of a guy who has has called some quarterbacks in the past, saying, "Hey, this guy's going to be okay," because we've all seen some of the, the tape and the film on Jordan Love, and and he's young, and he couldn't get the he couldn't nab the backup job in this season, or maybe that was the plan all along. Maybe they didn't really give him much of a shot. They wanted Tim Boyle from the very beginning, but Jordan Love wasn't active. For any of these games. So, Paul, you read a piece like this. We don't know what the Packers are going to do. Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback in 2021. Beyond that, we're not exactly sure. Did this kind of calm your nerves a little bit, or were you already pretty calm and and already pretty faithful that Jordan Love was going to be a, a decent successor to Aaron Rodgers?
5: I'm not gonna pretend that I know what love's going to be like as a professional quarterback. I did really enjoy the piece, so anytime we can get some some insight from um an executive scout or whoever who's around the game around a team, i just I eat that stuff up I absolutely love it um but as far what Love's going to be. If Rodgers keeps playing like this, Jordan Love's not going to see the field. It's just that simple. <laughs> um, if Rodgers is MVP or MVP level at least for another five years, he's going to be the quarterback here in Green Bay for five years. But what I found uh, interesting was on Monday, Gudekins made a point because obviously he's both asked, asked about Love, asked about Rodgers, but he said, this is what we do, as in we the Packers. And if you go back, Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, and now goody. Drafting quarterbacks, bringing in quarterbacks is what they do. I mean, Wolf traded for Favre, obviously, when they had, not that they were strong quarterbacks, but they had Mikowski and Detmer on the roster. Uh, He drafted um, Aaron Brooks. Brooks. He drafted Matt Hasselbeck. He drafted Aaron Rodgers. I feel Twitter would have burned down 10 years ago. So uh, the Packers draft Rodgers while Favre's still here. 2007, the Packers go to the NFC Championship and lose while Rodgers is on the bench, Favre's a quarterback. You know what the Packers do that draft? They spend a second-round pick on Brian Brom and then a seventh-round pick on Matt Flynn. Could you imagine if they did that this year in a few years right now? The, <laughs> the, the, draft, uh, the draft world, the Packers Twitter, might just burn to the ground.
3: Oh, and, and um, you remember the, some of the takes in that draft were that the Packers were taking a flyer on Aaron Rodgers, but Brian Brom mm-hmm. looks like he's actually going to yeah. end up being the guy.
5: Yep. And then it was Flynn who stuck around. And so I, I say that to say this. Goody says this is what we do. And this is what they do. It's not unreasonable. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend. I didn't expect them to draft love. I wasn't hoping for them to draft love. I, like everyone else, wanted, you know, maybe a receiver. or uh, I was high on offensive tackle as well, stuff like that. But this is what the Packers do. It's an it's the most important position in football. And, honestly, it's probably the most important position in sports, the quarterback. Um so this is what they do. They have a guy. And this is a luxury. I think that's what's lost in this because everybody wants, the, especially the first-round pick, to come in and make an immediate impact. And these aren't exactly parallels. But look at Rashawn Gary. Bringing him along slowly last year with the Smiths, that was a luxury. They were able to, you know, have him refine his game, learn the defense while they relied on Zedarius and Preston. This year, what do they do? They start to unleash him. He's now got a full year under his belt, another off season in the system, a season in the system, and he was, towards the end of the year, he might have been the best edge rusher on this team, and he, for the entire year, I think just behind Zedarius, he was easily the second best pass rusher. It's a luxury to be able to bring players along slowly. That's how it's, you know, supposed to work. You draft players based on who they're going to become, not who they are in the moment. And I believe if Brandon Iook was available or if somehow Justin Jefferson was available, they would have taken them. The Packers would have taken them last year, but they weren't. So they took the best available player on their board at the most important position in the game. And if they end up uh, trading Love because Roger's still playing well or maybe Love doesn't pan out, then it is what it is. Teams strike out drafting quarterbacks all the time. They're going to keep drafting quarterbacks as well in the, in the future because, like I said, it's just that important a position. But you know what? This may work out, believe it or not. I know there's a lot of people that doubt that. This may work out. I'm not saying Love going to be a Hall of Famer, but if he can run the offense and be a consistent football player, then the the pick was absolutely worth it.
3: All right, so, Paul, to put you on the spot here, answer Mark's question. You're Brian Gutekunst. The Carolina Panthers call you up. They offer the eighth pick straight up for Jordan Love right now, which means you no longer have your quarterback of the future, but you have the eighth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft. What say you? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Notice how I asked you that first before I gave my own answer.
5: Um, I'm doing it. uh, I'm doing it. I think that, I mean, they've gone to the NFC championship two years in a row. The talent's there. That's the other thing. It's, you know, it's all this talk about, oh, if the Packers would have drafted a receiver or someone else that could could have helped. I mean, yeah, they would have helped, but it's not like the Packers played their A game and lost. If you play your A game and lose, you're you're deficient to some degree in talent. They shot themselves in the foot. This team is plenty talented to have beaten that Bucks team, and they almost did, even with all the mistakes they made. This team is plenty talented. But the way Rodgers played this year, and I'm not saying he's going to be MVP every year, but... I just don't see that that drop off coming, you know, this year or even next year, and maybe not even the year after that. At least not a steep one, anyways.
3: Well, I let's, think. Well, let's say they had, stay. Well, I was going to say, well, let's say they stay at eight overall. That, you know, that pick two could turn into a really good offensive tackle or a really good cornerback. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely, and I think that's where I was going to go with this. Is if if that were to happen, you're so close. Just do what you do what you have to do. Do what you have to do to try to get the get the Lombardi Trophy back here and get Aaron Rodgers as at least one more.
3: Well, you can yeah. trade, and you can trade the pick. You can pick up some other first rounders there too. Again, yeah, just take a good player at eight. Take a good player at eight. Rookies on their rookie deal are still going to be less expensive than a cheap veteran. And and, and the, 20, if the sal- again, and, and I'm looking at it from a salary cap perspective. Twenty
5: nine,
4: right? <laughs> take Mac Jones at twenty nine. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you, you know they're all again, I have no reason that Carolina is going to do it. I'm just saying you know if that were if if my, if Mark Ross is correct and he's if other if other people in the league think the way he thinks and that he is the third best quarterback in this draft and you need a quarterback, you might pick up the phone at least right
3: you, or or do you turn around and you take number eight overall do you do you call Jacksonville and say we'll give you eight overall and Aaron rodgers for number one overall? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to incite the riot right now. At this point, absolutely <laughs> trying to incite the riot. No, I mean Aaron Rodgers. He's the, the and, bottom.
4: To be honest, I don't think Jacksonville would do that.
3: No, they probably would. The bottom falls out fast, and so we don't know if that's going to happen this season or next. But the way Aaron Rodgers played this year, and his his drive and his dedication, and watching Tom Brady, you don't think these guys don't want to you know at least be in the conversation you don't think Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to still go after that second trophy that his predecessors teams never got notice how to say didn't say predecessor I said his predecessors teams did not get because quarterback wins is not a stat and Super Bowl trophies is not a quarterback uh accolade but it's it's a thing you know he definitely wants to see this team win going out and hey listen this the Super Bowl is in Phoenix in 2023, so if they don't get there this next season, that's okay. I just need Rodgers to play really well for two more seasons and then finally get over the NFC Championship <laughs> game hump. The last three times it's been in Phoenix, the Packers have been in the NFC Championship game with a lead at some point and lost all three times. Can't happen. I want to see, I want to see a Super Bowl here. And I don't know, guys, what do you think? In two what years, years you know, 23. Two, it's 20, 2023. And do you think by two years from now that you know they might actually allow a full stadiums worth of fans in the stands? Yeah, I would hope. So. I hope so. I sure. hope
4: But, but I, uh, yeah, they'll be going for back to back then. <laughs> I
3: would. I would hope. That's that's the key. Is I would hope. And back to back, then then Rogers gets to go out like Elway. You know, well, you see, went,
4: Rogers might retire after they win it next year, though, and become the host of Jeopardy. <laughs> Very
3: true. That's kind of his, then, his. That's kind of his calling, right? He, he's, so he's, that you might
4: have Love taking it to me. Love might, you know. As a, as a night,
3: as a nightly Jeopardy
5: watcher, I was thrilled to hear that he's going to be one of the guests.
4: Oh yeah, me too. Oh, oh, I, I can't wait. What, have they announced when yet?
3: Not that I know of. Man, you know what I would have loved to have seen, though? I would have loved to have seen you put Aaron Rodgers. There's three contestants per game, right? right. A- Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, <laughs> and Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, the th- the three of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. and uh, Just have at it. Let's see you can win Jeopardy.
4: Yeah, the questions aren't about football. <laughs> the questions are about, like, Ancient Rome, stuff.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's well-rounded intelligence. Well, Rogers
4: was on. Rogers won. Right, he, he did.
3: did win Celebrity Jeopardy. Right? He did. Yeah. That he did. That he did. So we got a lot of fun stuff to cover. So as far as what's going on, we're we're into the off season now. Mark, you wrote the great piece on Jordan Love for this week. How are you going to follow that up this next week? What's coming up at Packer Report?
4: Well, Paul's going to like what I'm what I'm going to write. I, like, since he said what he likes. Um, oh, wow. For the next five weeks, actually, I have, I, I actually talked to another um, personnel guy whose name I can't reveal because he still works for a current NFC team. Um, but he does, he knows the Packer roster very well. So we're, he actually sat, he, you know, we, we talked for a long time. We kind of broke down <clears throat> the Packer roster position by position. Um, who he likes, who he thinks needs to be replaced, who he thinks, you know, young guys that he thinks have a future, blah, blah, you know, all the, so for the next twice a week, for the next five weeks, I'm going to break down um, the Packers by by position with the, the insight from a longtime personnel guy.
3: That's awesome. I love, I love that. Um, sources once again, Mark Eckel bringing sources as always. Not that heat. that's not that's anything new. Not not that that's anything new. Not, <laughs> not that that's anything new. I've Mark done
4: me. this a long time, guys. That's the, that's the benefit of being the old guy. <laughs> you
3: got
5: the done,
4: I've done this a long time. Like I, this isn't the first time. This isn't my first rodeo. No, I'm you have
3: done it for a long time, and <laughs> it also helps when you're a writer and you yourself can be a source because you've been around and have seen a lot of things firsthand. So. Yeah. That's that's awesome. We're looking forward to that. And then Paul Bretel, you've got two sites worth of content to keep up with here. Dairyland Express Cheesehead TV, what what's going on? What do we got to look forward to this next week? Uh
5: this, recently at Dairyland Express I did uh look at the Packers twenty twenty one free agents. They have twenty four of them. And that was a, good.
4: That was good. I'm, I, you can't pay appreciate- me. I gotta pay you back. I, I, <laughs> you had guys on there I forgot about. Like yeah, I appreciate that. I, I broke down
5: what the three uh, free agent classes, you know, just a quick blurb about what's an unrestricted, restricted, exclusive rights. And then I listed the players and gave, I don't know, two, three sentences about each, just thoughts, whether they'll be back or not, things like that. At Cheesehead TV on Friday, I took a look at, I think uh, the Packers' offense is going to get a boost when uh, Josiah DeGora returns. Just It was a very small sample size, but what he did in Minnesota week one, thats that just was on full display why Lafleur felt he had to have him. And then as the week goes on, I mean, man, who knows? Maybe maybe some defensive coordinator stuff. Although at this point, it's changing so often, we can't keep up with it. But we'll see.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon Staley, you might want to go really hard after your preferred candidates. And if you want Joe Barry, bring break out the Brinks truck and make sure that he stays in Los Angeles. Right? Okay. Please. The
4: worst part about Joe Barry is whenever I hear his name, I think of Joe Barry Carroll. You guys Are you guys? I'm not sure you know, who that is. Joe, yeah, the basketball not. player. For the Warriors, who the Celtics traded for Robert oh. Parish.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
4: <laughs> and then he became, he was JBC, and then they, his nickname out there became just barely cares.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he in the? Uh, wasn't he in the dunk contest one year? Uh, or
0: something?
4: The, I mean, it, it was the worst trade ever. The Celtics get they they might have got Parrish and a first round pick for, and they, yeah, I think they did. I think they got Parish. At a first-round pick who they turned into McHale for Joe Barry. Curry. Oh, this is way back.
3: This is oh, like seventies. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of like the Joe. I don't
4: know. It's the Bird, you know, Bird Parrish McHale team.
3: And I don't even know if it, I don't even know if his first name was Barry. There was a, there was an NBA player named Barry in the nineties. There's probably Rick some people oh, Rick God. Barry oh. probably screaming at the at their phone right now because I'm sound like an idiot, <laughs> which is not hard to do for me.
4: Well, Rick so, Barry's kid played for a long time. Scooter Barry. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're thinking of him. Now, this yeah. is Joe Barry who was supposed to be good. He was like a great college I forget where he went to college, but he was he was a big guy, like seven seven one, whatever he was. So he was supposed to be good, but like his nickname just barely cares. Uh he wasn't. So when I hear Joe Barry I I maybe I maybe my prejudice against Joe Barry Carroll is holding me back against the the other Joe Barry. <laughs>
3: Well, we'll see. We've got a whole week's worth of uh, of time to wait and content to look out for, but we'll be back again next Saturday with your Pack-A-Day podcast. Everybody, enjoy the Super Bowl. I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't re- recall how we had it all sliced out and diced out, but I'm hoping for a Chiefs win back-to-back, send Tom Brady packing, crying. Maybe his wife convinces him to finally hang it up and stay home for once, which I think the rest of us would enjoy. <laughs> And we will be back next week. Everybody, have a good week. Stay safe, stay warm, and go, Peko.